You're listening to episode number 27 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Paul Dubinsky, Director of Innovation with Frontier Ventures. Paul and I spend time talking about the stewardship of innovation and his leadership as director overseeing the Innovation Lab for Frontier Ventures. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. You know, one of the things that uh, I have written about over the years, particularly on my on my blog, is is the issue related to innovation, uh, specifically innovation uh, in in missions, and uh, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I think is critically uh, important to uh, the task that's before us uh, in light of a, a rapidly changing world. But 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 even bigger than that, even even. Even um, at a much more uh, fundamental level is the issue of, of what I refer to as the stewardship of innovation. I believe that that as followers of Christ, as kingdom citizens, we have a, a, a stewardship that has been entrusted to us uh, when it comes to uh, understanding innovation in regard to the ministry that we have and um, and making adjustments and shifts as we need to. In, in days to come to advance the gospel. Uh, today uh, on Strike the Match, I, I have uh, uh, Paul uh, Dubinsky with me, and Paul is the Director of Innovation with Frontier Ventures. Uh, formerly, uh, Frontier Ventures was the U.S. Center for World Mission, and Paul has served for over 20 years in church planting in Europe, and uh, while he was there, he was uh, with the Greater Europe Mission. And so today, we're, we're going to have a conversation talking about this issue of innovation in the Church, and uh, it's great to have uh, have Paul with us. And so, Paul, I want to welcome you to Strike the Match. Thanks, Jenny. It's really wonderful to be here to talk about innovation and just to, to share in your Strike the Match. It's a wonderful podcast. Well, hey, this uh, this title, Director of Innovation, I want, I want to get to that in just a second. But um, but I think a, a bigger question that, that some of our listeners may have out there is, is what's this group called Frontier Ventures? Who, who, who are these characters that just came onto the scene? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly, yeah. Uh, the U.S. Center for World Mission and Frontier Mission Fellowship, uh, actually, the U.S. Center for World Mission uh, organizationally was under Frontier Mission Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much everybody knows you, the U.S. Center. Right, yeah. And uh, really, uh, there was a lot of things that were going on under the umbrella of the U.S. Center. Um, and we thought, wow, you know, we have over 12 ministries here. It'd be great to go ahead and uh, realign, rebrand for a new generation. So we have a new name, a new look, but really the same heart for the unreached. Yeah, so so you this just didn't happen overnight. Uh, you guys were the formerly the U.S. Center for World Mission out, out of Pasadena, and, and many of you guys out there listening uh, know uh, that was uh, very much uh, connected to Ralph Winter and, and uh, mm-hmm. what he was doing. Uh, so you guys got you guys have a long history, a, a good reputation there. So uh, new brand, um, different structures, doing some different things. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. Uh, what Ralph Winter had done was just amazing. You know, we when I came new to the organization, I've only been with them for about three years now. And when I was looking through all the things that he did, one of the things that attracted me was the absolute uh, staggering number of ministries that were spun off from the, uh, the U.S. Center. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, wow, this is really a place of innovation mm-hmm. and where new ideas come in. 
or it's possible to fail in a ministry and you don't get nailed for it. You know, we, in missions, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, we said, why do missions organizations not focus more on innovation? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer is the, if you fail in, in the innovation that you try, you know, your constituency looks at you sort of sideways, like, you know, didn't you pray about that mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. before you started doing that? Didn't you waste money when you did that? But at the U S center, you know, they were not so much worried about wasting money or or anything like that, but they were really focused on accomplishing the goals the best way that they could, and they knew that they had to try new things to do it. And yeah. so Ralph Winter had all kinds of, of ideas, and they tried to put feet on those. Yeah, and I was very attracted to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's just, I mean, uh, just over the years, you know, keeping up, uh, you know, with, with what the center uh, has been about has just, just been really fascinating, been very, very thankful for those uh, those brothers and sisters that are out there, and no 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 several of them. Uh, and for those of you that are listening, if you, if you want to read up on uh, kind of the the rebranding that's taken place and the restructuring, let, let me direct uh, you guys to uh, the uh, the January excuse me the March and April edition, uh, March and April 2015, March and April 2015 edition of Mission Frontiers. Uh, it's issue 37, uh, volume number two. You can get online, uh, just uh, look that up. And uh, the whole edition, the whole edition of the of the periodical is on Frontier Ventures. And so I want to direct the rest of you guys to take a look at that. So, so Paul, let, let me let me come back to this because we're obviously talking about about innovation and a little bit more about what what uh, you guys are are moving toward out there in Pasadena. Uh, let me let me kind of begin maybe with a definition. Uh, when when we say innovation, we, or maybe I should say it this way: when you say innovation, um, what do you what do you mean by that? What is your your definition of of innovation? Yeah, in a missions context. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, very I specifically think... in a, in a missions related context. Yeah, the context that we're in uh, changes awful. An awful lot, mm-hmm. uh, just like it does, you know, in a church. Uh, often the context will change. You know, something will happen uh, that you weren't aware of, or the the culture in your town changes, and uh, you have to say, okay, well, you know, what do we do as a result of that? And so you take the stuff that you have around you, and you make something new in order to meet the new need. And that creativity for me really is uh, taking what you've got here in front of you rearranging it so that you can make something new out of it to, to meet the need that you've got. Mm-hmm. So MacGyver is a really great illustration of that, <laughs> that idea. You know, he, t- he took all kinds of crazy things together to, you know, make all kinds of stuff um, just to, to fit whatever crisis he happened to be in. Right. Let me let me ask you this, because this is, you know, me personally, and I, I know we, we haven't talked about this, you know, over the you know, over the years, I have often looked to, for example, like Acts chapter 16, as 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 an example for me when I talk about innovation uh, in the church of, of of a church planning team Paul and and, uh, and Silas the team there on that second missionary journey of how uh, innovation for them was was really about being led by the Spirit in light of the world as they move forward with the gospel so. So that you know they go, they try to go once into Asia to preach, and it says the Spirit prevented them. And then they try to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit prevents them. And then they get the vision of the Macedonian man, and 
and then it says they they just conclude you know that the lord's leading them to that region of the world they you know they they go to a leading port city in that region and um and through all that you know the spirit works to see the the church birthed in philippi i, I mean it, it, you say would you say that that's a fair understanding to say that that innovation when it comes to the task that's before us is is about being led by the spirit and as we move forward with the gospel into the world and making adjustments accordingly I would say, um, of course, on a question like that, you just have to say yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you don't have to say yes. (laughs) No, I I know. But I mean, uh, I would be a bad missionary if I just if I said, no, don't be led by the spirit, (laughs) you know. So but I I really think that there's that that's a a significant factor in when in innovation is is asking the Lord, you know, please lead us. Uh, One of the things that's so vital about and one of the the pluses that we have as Christians um, is that you know the world is changing and we don't know really what's around the corner mm-hmm. and innovation is is an attempt you know in in the business world to see around the corner mm-hmm. to know what's happening next right. so you can can do something with that yeah and and but the spirit will tell us if there's something that we really need to switch to yeah. that we can't see around the corner and so so it, it's when we talk about innovation and mission. Um, I, yeah, we have to make this distinction between um, what we often hear about when it comes to innovation in, I think, in the business world, for example. Um, you know, this notion of, you know, we've got this, you know, this R&D department and we do all these experiments, and, you know, and, and through, you know, trial and error and things like that, we, we try to come up with a better hamburger than the guy down the street and then, you know, and roll it out uh, or the new iPhone or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, w- while there are principles that I think that's you know, in God's world related to innovation that that are universal just because of the, the nature of, of, of the universe that he's created. Um, there are things that obviously we, as a, as a part of the church, we, we're not to take from the business world to apply over. We, I mean, is, is, that, is that right? Well, of course. I mean, the values that, that might be bad about business, you wouldn't want to bring over. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I really believe that we are misstepping in uh, you know, we, we, we're missing the point sometimes um, is that we don't try hard enough. Mm-hmm, right. You know, uh, you know, there's this, this these two poles, essentially, that we're talking about. You know, one pole is to, you know, sit down and just pray. And when you feel like God's led you, then, then you can get up and do something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of almost, you know, a, a, a hyper-spiritual mm-hmm. perspective, let's say it that way. Right. And the other perspective is, you know, hey, we, we don't need to pray about this. We just need to think about it and get something done because we've got to get moving. Yeah. And and those two poles, I think, are are both sort of straw men in, in mission. You know, we, we really need to, to have a blending of those two things. Yeah. Well, why why do you think um, there are – well, maybe I should maybe I'll ask the question this way. I mean, do you sense that uh, in in the life of the church that there's a pushback against – uh, innovation. Uh, there's a pushback against failure. That's a good you know, point. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Can you unflesh that for, unpack that for sure. Us? Yeah. So uh, I think that you know, often, or I have come across that. Let's say it that way. I have come across it when uh, you say, "Let's try something different. Let's try something innovative," and you pray about it, mm-hmm. and it looks like a good opportunity, and you step forward, and it doesn't work. And so the reaction of the people who are around are sometimes it comes out, well, you know, obviously you didn't pray about that enough. Mm-hmm. And 
then instead of saying, oh, you know, hey, you tried something, it didn't work, right? You prayed about it, you did your best shot, mm-hmm. you took your best shot. We say, oh, you're not a good Christian. You're not godly because mm-hmm. you didn't hear God. If you right. had heard God, then we wouldn't lo- have lost $1,000 on that effort. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we have this uh, we have this element of pragmatism that, that really makes us think that, you know, if we do this and that, uh, therefore, the expected result's going to happen every time, and, and that's exactly what it is. When, you know, we try to go into Asia, we try to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit won't let us. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also that. I mean, those those realities are all there, I think. You know, sometimes you really can, just like Paul, like Acts 16, you know, they try to do something and, and it doesn't work because mm-hmm. the Lord wants them to do something else. And obviously the Lord teaches us something in every event that we do. You know, if we're listening to the Lord, um, he shows us different things from from things that happen, both the successes and the failures. That, that's good. And I mean, you know, you know we've, we've got to begin to learn from from things that don't work. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, as as so desired, and, and you know, one of the things that I, I've seen over the years is that we 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 fail to, to to be transparent. You know, with with folks, we feel like if we if we're too transparent, and we we tell people where we made mistakes and things like that. Then you know that that shows a lack of you know faithfulness or whatever. But but mm-hmm. in in reality, I mean, it's um it's helping others to understand so that we can you know go through this iterative process. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make change and adjustment for for new things to come. Yeah. So there's a book that came out, um, and I forget the pastor who wrote it. Um, I think it's called something like the Innovation's Dirty Little Secret. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and uh, you know it's about you know how to do the iterative process of innovation, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually led, in such a way that your failures are not such big failures. That it discourages the church right. uh, from moving forward and making the positive changes that might need to be made. Yeah, it's, that's and a really good, a great book. little book. Yeah, it is a good book. I I I've read it. I've got it on my Kindle. Uh, you know, there's there's this notion that you know we we do things, but we do them with wisdom, right? I mean, we we got to be discerning, but we've got to be kind of pushing that edge in what we're doing. Sure, uh, but at the same time, we have to to push aside this idea that if we may, if it didn't work, that we weren't wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or if, if it didn't work, that we weren't godly enough. So so let so let me come back to to kind of a, a question behind all this. Um, that maybe have been even a better question for me to to, to start with earlier. I mean, why wh- why do we even need to have a conversation uh, about innovation in in the church? I mean, I mean, why why is this so important today? Well, for me, um, just looking at the missions work that I did in Europe. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, the influx, for example, of Islam and Muslims into Europe, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when uh, particularly an American might think of, of Islam, we, we have sort of one framework, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but reality isn't like that. Uh, reality is much, much different. You know, mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I run a conference together with um, uh, Patrick Johnstone and a couple of other people in Europe. Uh, called Diaspora Peoples of Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the presenters came in and he said I, that he needed to give us, he's a European fellow from, from the Netherlands, he said, let, let me give you a, a, an understanding of what European Islam is beginning to look like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there are all kinds of different things. And I have the PowerPoint in front of me um, that he made. Um, and he said, you know, there are cool Muslims, 
that you know they have all kinds of t-shirts they do great mm-hmm. graffiti um, they're super comedians one of the comedians a fellow named omar um he's a arab danish comedian mm-hmm. um and i'll just read this quote to you from from one of his uh performances he says uh, people who equate muslims with terrorists should be happy that muslims don't drink drunken terrorists would be even worse <laughs> you know uh-huh. and so, but islam is really changing in europe and has lots of different expressions uh, there are even atheist muslims um, and critical muslims and progressive muslims and ex-muslims and angry muslims and secular muslims yeah as well as reformist and liberal and so forth and so on. And so when we're thinking about innovation or when we're thinking about doing ministry in a context where our perception of what um, our situation is doesn't meet reality at all, Mm -hmm. then we're not going to to function very well. Yeah. And so we have to really look at at our environment and say, hey, what do we do with this really? Mm -hmm. And that question, what do we do with this really, uh, gives birth uh, to new ideas uh, in order to meet real spiritual needs. So, uh, Frontier Ventures, uh, you're the director of innovation. Um, read this article that you wrote in the uh, the edition that I, I referenced um, just a few minutes ago. Uh, that you, in very good, very good article. In that article, you talk about Launch Lab. That uh, you guys are doing something called Launch Lab. What, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, the Launch Lab is wonderful. Uh, because what we're trying to do there, you know, the name implies that we're starting something new. We're launching things. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're doing that in typical Dr. Winter fashion. So we're, we're looking for really good um, ideas about missions that really focus on uh, the hindrances to the gospel at the frontiers of mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, what do we do with this so that we can make a ministry that really meets this need? This hindrance, how do we break through right. this hindrance to the gospel? And that process and the things that we do around that, I'm very excited. I mean, honestly, the, the Launch Lab is a startup. So we're just getting started. But the plans that we have and the ideas that are, have come through uh, to the Winter Launch Lab are, are amazing. I'm really very excited about them. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what Director of Innovation does with uh, Frontier Ventures. Yeah, well, my, my focus is really the Launch Lab. So right now we're working on, I think the article mentions uh, the discovery workshops that yes, we're working yes. on. And I'm, I find the, the discovery workshop fascinating. You know, um, there's now, a good is that, book. Is that kind of like a think, think tank kind of group when you say discovery? No, workshop? no. It's really a service that we were trying to do for uh, church planters. Okay. It, it has two functions. So church planters, cross-cultural church planters. Mm-hmm. Um, who are at the frontiers of mission. Um, we're trying to serve them, and we're going to also, you know, use take take the information that we get from those workshops and feed it back into Frontier Ventures, into the Launch Lab, so that we can maybe come up with some, some ideas uh, for ministries. Yeah. But at the same time, we're really there primarily to help church planters think through what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So the workshop is different from... Uh, T4T and other sort of church planting trainings that people can have. Uh-huh. Because what we're trying to do there is what uh, Tim Keller talks about in his Center Church book. Uh, the, bur- the book called Center mm-hmm. Church is Tim Keller's basically his philosophy of ministry. And so uh, what we're doing is uh, building what Keller calls in the book a theological bridge. 
So we're, we're going to take the church planters through a process. It's going to take about four days uh, where we try to understand how they see the gospel and its full robustness. Mm-hmm. So, so not, and it's some of its implications as well. And uh, then take a, a clear look at their context to see where the, where, how we can bridge the gap between the two. Yeah. So a quick illustration of this. Um, I was talking to a fellow uh, whose name is D'Souza, who's on the, the Christian Council of India, so all the denominations of India. Mm-hmm. And I, I met him at a small retreat. And he was talking about what uh, the Dalits or the Dalits uh, of India, who you know, some people may know them as the untouchables, mm-hmm. right. uh, how the gospel impacts them. And he said, you, know, you have to go back to their creation story. Uh, the Hindu creation story, where their God uh, created people uh, from the various body parts that he has, you, you mm-hmm. know, from his shoulders and from his stomach and from his legs and, and so forth. But the, the Dalit people were not created as a part of God. They were, they're, they're, not con- they're considered subhuman, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you tell them about the gospel and that they were created in the image of God, and that God loves them, therefore, and saw their plight, and Jesus came then to save them. If they stop it, they were made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. They don't need, you know. What I mean, yeah. it's such a radical idea that that's good news to them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have to fill in with the rest of the gospel, which is, you know, we have shame and we have guilt, and we need Jesus and what mm-hmm. He's done for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. I was sitting there talking to D'Souza, and I said, you know, I'm in Europe, and uh, he's with a, a missions organization and travels a lot. I said, you've been in Europe. What do you think is the touch point for the European? Where is that that need, mm-hmm. like the Dalit people? And he sat there for a minute over dessert, and he said, you know, I think it's loneliness. Hmm. I think the European's lonely. And so I went back through, and in my mind, I thought, you know, we have tried probably 40 different ways of evangelism and discipleship, everything from citywide campaigns and door-to-door to relationship things and, you know, everything. And I said to myself, which ones really worked? And the ones that actually function the best touch the need of loneliness. Hmm. You know, and the body of Christ and the community that we're really supposed to have, what some people call communitas, right? Mm-hmm. That's Alan Hirsch and those guys. Um, that's really the gospel for them. And getting into that body of Christ with that kind of community, you know, the full gospel that, right. you know, that Jesus died for your sins and, and so forth. Um, them entering in, that's what, that's what really lights them up. Hmm. So things like the Alpha Course and house churches where they come in and they can belong to the house church. Right. Before they believe, before they're forced, you know, before they have to make a decision for Jesus or not. And they can stay in the house church if they want. So we found out through research, because I also did a thing called the European Missions Research Group for a while with a couple of other guys. And uh, one of the research projects that was done, that we helped uh, to, to get done, was an examination of house churches and how, how they grew over and against how other expressions of church planting happened in Europe. And you know, house churches grew 22% faster. Hmm, wow. And it's that community factor. Uh-huh. So it's helping church planners figure out what that connection is. 
Well, I am so excited uh, that uh, World Ventures is doing this. That you're, you know, you're leading charge out there. Um, when I read about that, I thought, man, that that is great. And so I am really looking forward to what we'll hear, Lord willing, in days to come uh, from from Frontier Ventures uh, in in the work that you're doing. I appreciate that very much, Paul. Oh, well, thanks a lot for the opportunity to talk. I really appreciate it. My guest today has been Paul Dubinsky, and uh, he is the Director of Innovation with Frontier Ventures, uh, Frontier Ventures, formerly the U.S. Center for World Mission. Uh, Paul, do you have an online presence? Uh, People want to track you down? Yeah, they can catch me on Twitter at PaulDZ. Um, That's my Twitter address, PaulDZ. And uh, I'd love to interact with them. That'd be great. All right. At Paul, P-A-U-L-D-Z on Twitter. Thanks so much, brother, for being with us today. Oh, thanks for letting me be here. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.